Julie and Stephen Price, uh, 19 years together, and so um, who knows, they may be passing on through after uh, uh, we were all in the uh, uh, Meaning of Marriage series that we've been doing. Uh, quite fascinating, good, good work. We have a grief group that begins today. Dr. Robbie Sharp uh, will be with us at 3 p.m. for the next uh, probably five Sundays, I think, in order to help people process their grief. If uh, you are in need of processing grief of any type and you haven't ever heard of this series, haven't signed up, it doesn't matter. Just come and show up at 3 o'clock today in the bride's room and uh, you can be a part of that. We have a number of other things coming up I want to just point your attention to uh, and uh, just be sure and read this bulletin. There's all sorts of good things coming up. Next week and on the 21st, we're going to have the uh, Kitty's Coat Drive. So uh, if you are able to look into your closet and find an extra coat or you want to buy a coat for someone in the Spring Branch Independent School District who needs one, uh, we're going to do that on the 14th and on the 21st. Let's see. We um, also want to announce that we will not have Wednesday night on Halloween. Uh, all the Wednesday nighters want to go trick or treating that night, and and they they're planning their costumes and uh, getting everything ready to go. <laughs> so, uh, but that is the word coming to me that uh, the thirty first they're going to take a break, and that is fantastic. I uh, want to point to a couple of other things in the announcements. You uh, you saw that uh, there was an announcement probably. In uh, some of the bulletins, maybe this was just nine nine o'clock, that we are looking for about ten to fifteen second graders to sixth graders to put on a Christmas musical for our Christmas sing along uh, in December. And so, uh, if that applies to any uh, of your kids or grandkids, uh, and they are musically talented, we have a uh, sort of a musical that we're putting on as a part of those festivities and we need to get them to begin to practice or there probably won't be any musical. So we want that, uh, that to happen. Now, uh, our commitment campaign uh, is still going on. You can see we're making some progress, but I wanted to remind you that on the 4th, on November the 4th, we will be getting up during the offertory, making our way to the alms basin, which will be right up here, and we're either going to put in our commitment card or a card that says we've already made our commitment. And uh, it is a symbolic act. We're actually going to an older tradition, uh, previously uh, a part of the life of St. Francis, where we're actually doing something, much like coming to communion, uh, to show our commitment. And so this year, we're reminding people that this commitment, this offering to God, is connected to our relationship with God, uh, and it's an act of worship. Worship is an offering, and the second thing we're reminding people of uh, over these next few weeks is that every person, every couple, every family is asked to make an offering and asked to make a gift, and the amount of the offering is less important than the offering itself because it is a symbol of your commitment to God in Christ through his church, which is St. Francis. So, uh, unless you're a visitor, 
on November the 4th, I expect to see every member of St. Francis getting up to make their commitment to make their offering to God. If you're a visitor, you get a pass. But uh, who knows? Maybe we'll inspire someone to do it uh, on the 4th. Now, don't stay home on the 4th because you know what's happening. (laughs) That's a no-no. Don't stay home on the 4th. We'll be taking attendance on the 4th. (laughs) I'm I'm just teasing. So, um, uh, November the 4th, we will be getting up and making our offering. Now, um, we had a special uh, visitor and guest and uh, VIP for our birthdays at 9 o'clock. And that was uh, Juan Pablo's daughter, Luz Diana, who turns 5. And so we encouraged uh, uh, Juan Pablo's wife, Nancy, was here, and uh, Luz Diana and their youngest daughter, Allison. But Luz Diana came up, and she was in a big line, and, uh, and we gave her the birthday blessing, and we had a little cake over in the parish hall. So I think they're gone now, but I just wanted to, to let you know that we did that at 9 o'clock, and, and it, it, it had the results that we had hoped for. So, but now it's your turn to celebrate your birthday uh, any birthdays? All right. Ethan, come on up. Anybody else? Birthdays? Come on. Come. Sylvia, is it your birthday? I think your, your son is ratting you out. Yeah. Come on up. Anybody else? We have a month window for the birthday celebrations. Come on. Come on. Okay. Now, you've seen this many times, Sylvia. (laughs) Hello, my name is Sylvia Willette, and last year I was a full deck, and this year I got the Joker. I I couldn't even hear that. What was it? Last year I was a full deck, and this year, on October 3rd Wednesday, I got the Joker. Okay. Okay. You may still have to explain that to me. Hello, uh, I'm Ethan, and I'm turning 12 on the 10th. 12 on the 10th, wonderful. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for Sylvia and Ethan who share their birthdays with us this day. We pray that you lead, guard, guide, and protect them, bring them to their fullest potential in your Son, Jesus. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you. Amen. Give them a round of applause for their birthday. Thank you. Okay. And now let us prepare our hearts for the worship of the living God. So 
Let us stand now and begin our worship by singing our processional hymn, Alleluia, Sing to Jesus.
Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And blessed be his kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, you are always more ready to hear than we to pray, and to give more than we either desire or deserve. Pour upon us the abundance of your mercy, forgiving us those things of which our conscience is afraid, and giving us those good things for which we are not worthy to ask, except through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ our Savior who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated for our lessons. The Word of God written in the book of Genesis. The Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. So out of the ground, the Lord God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all cattle and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field. But for the man, there was not found a helper as his partner. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall over the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, 
For out of man this one was taken. Therefore a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. The word of the Lord. Let us pray Psalm 8 together by half verse. O Lord, our governor, out of the mouths of infants and children, you have set up a stronghold against your adversaries. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, What is man that you should be mindful of him? You have made him but little lower than the angels. You give him mastery over the works of your hands. All sheep and oxen, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea. O Lord, our governor. The word of God written in the letter to the Hebrews. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these days, he has spoken to us by a son, whom he appointed heir of all things. Through him, he also created the worlds. He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being. And he sustains all things by his powerful word. When he had mere purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Now God did not subject the coming world about which we are speaking to angels. But someone has testified somewhere, what are human beings that you are mindful of them or mortals that you care for them? You have made them for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned them with honor and glory, subjecting all things under their feet. Now in subjecting all things to them, God left nothing outside their control. As it is, we do not yet see everything in subjection to them, but we do see Jesus, who for a little while was made lower than the angels. Now crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. It was fitting that God, for whom and through whom all things exist, in bringing many children to glory, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For the one who sanctifies and those their For the one who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one Father. For this reason, Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. The word of the Lord.
Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Some Pharisees came and to test him they asked Jesus, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He answered them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of dismissal and to divorce her. But Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote this commandment for you. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Then in the house, the disciples asked him again about this matter. He said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Have you been to a wedding uh, any time recently? They can be pretty wonderful, you know. Uh, weddings are beautiful. Uh, one of the beautiful things about weddings is that they put an end to wedding plans. <laughs> Now, I may be a little jaded having survived as father of the bride twice, and they were wonderful processes, weren't they, Emily? They were. And they were certainly wonderful events. But uh, they, uh, they are beautiful. One of the truest things about weddings is that they are... They begin a marriage, and marriage is serious business. I remember one, one groom that probably felt the seriousness of it a little bit too much. He fainted before we got to the vows. It was kind of made it sort of a complicated event after that. <clears throat> he, he did make it through, but he didn't remember it. <laughs> 
today I want to point three things uh, out about our own service of holy matrimony in our tradition. I want to point out three things from the story of Jesus today. And then I'd like to make some applications for us to, um, to live by, to, to carry forward in our own ministry in community. So the three things from our service, I could have picked a dozen, right? But here are three. Therefore, marriage is not to be entered into unadvisedly or lightly, but reverently, deliberately, and in accordance with the purposes for which it was instituted by God. That's just how seriously we begin the service in the introductory address that is given. It's a way of clearing the air about what we're about when we take up the issue of marriage in the church. It puts our focus upon God's purposes. Here's another one that's very powerful. Will all of you witnessing these promises says the celebrant, do all in your power to uphold these two persons in their marriage, to which we are invited to respond, we will. Now the, the uh, bride and the groom have already given their assent to what we're up to, and, and they have said, we will. And look how communal the reality is. I often wonder if we know very specifically at all the kinds of ways that we can be supportive to each other in each other's marriages. Because we do very profoundly say we will to that. How do we uphold each other? It's a good thing for us to ask. The third thing that I think is profound is the way that we pray. Now, we pray for the couple in many ways, but here's a prayer for some of the people witnessing. We say, grant that all married persons who have witnessed these vows may find their lives strengthened and their loyalties confirmed. In that way, the ceremony itself becomes a kind of an occasion for renewal, for setting our minds back to the origins of, of why and how we are married. It's a renewal of our vows themselves. Because once the wedding is over, the marriage goes on. And it requires a lot from the people. I like to tell a couple at uh, preparations for holy matrimony that it's a sacrament that they are enacting, and that every day afterward is a chance to convey that sacrament of unity to a world that is often badly torn and quite incomplete. The couple has a daily opportunity to demonstrate to the world that love is the way. I lift that message straight out of the sermon by 
wild man, our presiding bishop, Michael Curry, the primate of the church. He was at a notable wedding in uh, Windsor at St. George's Chapel at the royal wedding. And he says, imagine, imagine this tired old world when love is the way, when love is the way, unselfish, sacrificial, redemptive. So we're pointing to love as the universal principle of building up, of rebuilding, of healing. And we're pointing to a married couple, any married couple, as agents giving that sign of love. The uh, Augustinian friar, the church reformer, guess who I mean? Martin Luther famously said the sacrament is uh, the sacrament of, a, of baptism is the once and for all sacrament that takes our whole lives to complete. And I would say that marriage uh, is the same kind of thing. It's a sacrament that happens on one very tiring day, uh, begins on one day, but it takes our whole lives to complete. All right, those are important things about the ideals of marriage, what we intend by it, what we hope for it, how demanding it is, and much more can be said about that. I'm glad that at St. Francis we do, do classes that discuss uh, marriage and uh, that there is the opportunity for the clergy to teach as well. Let's look at this gospel story. Yeah, uh, three things. It, on, on one hand, it's a story about what is allowed. It's also a story about, gosh, how can we trip up this guy, Jesus? This problematic rabbi. It's also a story, and this is from Jesus' part. What is the kingdom ideal for all of us in this matter? but the kingdom ideal for all of us. So first, what is allowed? On the very, very surface, and only the surface, this is an occasion of discourse on uh, uh, the Pharisees' part about coming to find some wisdom from Jesus about what is lawful concerning divorce. And this was a prevalent question, not only then, but but through the centuries, it was one of the famous parts of the debate of rabbinic tradition. And that is their pastime. It's almost a sport with the Pharisees to debate the issues of the law. So it's not surprising that Pharisees would come up and ask another rabbi in order to size that person up about their stances and the, and the school that they might represent. In this case, it was about the laws on divorce. But that brings us to the second matter. This really isn't a, an authentic uh, curiosity about Jesus' wisdom on the matter, is it? It's a test. It's an attempt to trip. There's some agenda behind their question. It would be a 
particularly juicy question for these experts on the law to use to find fault with Jesus. They were urgently trying to trip him up. And so it's not a very authentic conversation at all. But that doesn't stop Jesus from utilizing it to set some things straight. The third key revealing of this passage is Jesus' revelation about the nature of the kingdom of God and the proper attitude of those who would receive it, who would enter into it. Jesus reframes the topic from grounds for divorce to grounds for marriage, from what is legally possible to radical demand for absolute purity of heart. A very stabilizing element for a reverent approach to marriage is to realize its rooting in the creation itself. And this is exactly where Jesus goes with it. You know he quotes Genesis, and that was our reading today. Remember, that latter part of the creation account in Genesis, we find that the creature called the human being has a very special place of bearing the image of the creator. And he does so in completeness, male and female. The Holy One looks and sees divine character reflected when looking at humanity, male and female. And so in marriage, there is a little microcosm of the completeness of humanity at its best, reflecting the image of God. And that's just what Jesus points to when he gets us to the ideal of marriage. On one hand, he puts forward something so harsh that who can live up with it? And how many times do we not even come close to living up with it? But on the other hand, what he's doing is he's setting the ideal for this relationship so high that it really brings us to confess our dependence upon God, not only for help in making the relationship right, but for healing when it doesn't go right at all. Now, he's signaling that God is the healer. And really, in your part in the church, when you come across divorce, when, when we come across it in our own lives or in the lives of our children or our parents that are faced with the, with the painful matter of divorce or our best friend, we come trying to reflect that healing nature of God, not the judging nature of God, which is God's part alone, but sharing in the possibility for listening, for supporting, 
and for healing where that is possible and where the people are receptive. We realize that just listening to Jesus in this, in this big argument, that the law at its best can sort out the messy and painful path through human experience with people getting broken up and with people breaking themselves against the standards of the law. Whereas the kingdom that Jesus presents holds up the divine ideal. This is Jesus announcing the kingdom as the way of God. Love is the way. The kingdom is the way. So, I leave you with this picture of Jesus with two different groups nearby. One he has just argued with. That's the Pharisees. Another he begins to welcome to come near to himself. That's the group of children that are there. And so in, in your ministry, in your life, in your connection to other people, you can learn something from Jesus saying to this children, hey, do not forbid these children to come to me. I want to be part of a, of, of a healing touch and message to them. What we can also do is recognize that we occupy both places at various times. But we can watch out for those times when we too easily fall into the judgment group, to the ones that want to be right, to the ones that want to make somebody else wrong, and find ourselves instead where we really belong, among the vulnerable children who can, in fact, hear the invitation of Jesus when he says, Come to me. And the children come to him. And he gathers them. And so it is for you. He takes you to himself. And his hands are upon you. And he blesses you. Amen. Let us stand now and affirm our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, 
and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. That we all may be one. Grant that every member of the Church may truly and humbly serve you. That your name may be glorified by all people. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons. That they may be faithful ministers of your word and sacraments. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. That there may be justice and peace on the earth. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. That our works may find favor in your sight. For our St. Francis Parish family, especially those celebrating birthdays and anniversaries. For our church staff and the facility staff and students of St. Francis Episcopal School. For our Cub Scout pack, our Girl Scout troops, and our sports association. For our parish commitment campaign that each of us may deepen our sense of the blessings of this life, committing ourselves to God, to one another, and to the ministry of the St. Francis community. Have compassion on all those who suffer from any grief or trouble, that they may be delivered from their distress. For the sick and recovering, especially remembered by this parish, Colleen Dunlap, Nikki Cumberland, Stephen, the Roach family, John Bell, Stuart McKee, Collins Howell, Laura and Tom Eaton, Mary Beth Wirtz, Gary Rawlins, Will Carter, Dorothy Sumner, Evie Oford, Rebecca and Jim Wood, John Price, Ann Murphy, Brian Buckley, Sue Morris, Marge Simichek, Glenna Moore, Lou Jacks, Mike Harrington, Betty Yurling, Marie Warren, Bud Treadaway, David Gracie, Pat Collins, Betty Mascalette, and those listed in the worship bulletin. Give to the departed eternal rest. Let light perpetual shine upon them. Remembering especially Robert Roche, brother of Sean Roche, David Cook, Bill Tipton, father of Taylor Tipton, and Ann Bates, mother of Father Stuart Bates. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. May we also come to share in your heavenly kingdom. Let us pray for our own needs and those of others. O Lord our God, accept the fervent prayers of your people. In the multitude of your mercies, look with compassion upon us and all who turn to you for help. For you are gracious, O lover of souls. And to you we give glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done, and by what we have left undone. 
Almighty God have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Greet one another in the name of Christ. Peace be with you, Bob. Ethan, peace be with you. Happy birthday. Peace be with you. 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 Y'all want to go to lunch just right after this, and we can get started. We'll and we'll just come back and get started, and we'll because we'll be that'll be before two o'clock. Okay, John. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. See, families are good, aren't they? Peace be with you. Thank you. Peace be to all. And now let us ascribe to the Lord the honor due his name, bring offerings, and come into his courts.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks unto our Lord God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on the first day of the week overcame death and the grave. By his glorious resurrection, open to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. stand as we continue in prayer. Holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself, and when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you and your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he had given thanks to you, he broke it, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many, For the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, recalling his death. Resurrection and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, 
by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory are yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. The body of our Lord Jesus Christ.
Martha in the healing name of Jesus. And with the compassionate embrace of the family of St. Francis, we send you forth bearing these holy gifts of your Lord's body and blood. May you carry the prayers of all of us as you take the sacraments of Christ. May those who receive it from you be strengthened and encouraged in that community we have together in our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, we thank you for feeding us with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and for assuring us in these holy mysteries that we are living members of the body of your Son and heirs of your eternal kingdom. And now, Father, send us out to do the work you have given us to do to love and serve you as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord. To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit, be honor and glory now and forever. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen.
love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.